0: Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino, and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking, I'm trying to record a podcast. Hey everybody, Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog and today my guests are Bryce and Kinsey Francois. They're a 20-something married couple who has literally dedicated their lives to raising their three dogs and they're amazing. They have become canine nutritionists, and have learned and done the research and are great at teaching pet parents how to basically feed your dogs a appropriate raw diet along with everything else they learn through pet parents we have a great discussion about you know discovering both of us when we discovered you know kibble wasn't the best thing and what we could do how to feed an appropriate diet on a budget is it something that you're going to do what are the benefits Anyway, really great conversation. I think you guys are going to love with Bryce and Kinsey coming up next. Hello, Bryce and Kinsey. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on as my guest, which is incredible because I've already been your guest and you guys are like killer at interviews. Well, now you're on the other side. (laughs) And what I think we're going to do today and what I think is going to be so fun is because I would love to know what it would have been like to have been you at your age with my first dog. And I feel like that's what you are and that's what you're doing. And so it's kind of like I get to go back in time and see what it would be like. And you, you've put a guide together, which I think is illustrates it perfect, where you call yourselves, you've put your handbook together called The Modern Dog Parent. And amen, it is. You are modern dog parents as what did I can't remember I saw this where plants are the new pets and pets are the new children.
1: You got that and right. And
0: <laughs> pets have always been my children. So I'm glad that, you know, everybody's finally caught up
1: because <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
0: that's how I've always felt. Yeah, I never birthed any children. They, uh, I adopted one. His mother actually gave them to me. And then all of my others have been, have had feathers and fur. And you know, when you think about how important it is your responsibility you're completely responsible for their health and well-being and everything in the world seems to be against you which i'm 50 and i have grown to trust nobody and research the hell out of everything so when i see some young 20-somethings i don't know are you still Mm 20-somethings oh my god First of all, your wedding picture is the cutest thing on the
1: Oh, face thank, it. thank like, you. Look <laughs> at those
0: babies. But is it like a couple deciding to have children? Did you guys go, we're going to do this and we're going to make sure we do it right? And then you started discovering things and been like, what the?
1: I mean, I would say we definitely started with that intention, mm-hmm. right? Like we're going to do this. We're going to be the best pet parents. And then, like you said, you kind of learned that – am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Yes. You kind yes. of learned that everything's bullshit as you grow up, you know? And, like, I – you know, tell the memory of going to the vet for the first time asking about raw food when we had Harper.
2: Oh, well, first of all, my previous hypochondriacism. Definitely bled over to Harper. And it turned out just to be car anxiety. But we took her in because we were like, she's going to explode. She's going to die. She's freaking out. The
1: emergency vet, the emergency vet fee, the whole shit. Just like a new parent. Just like a new parent.
2: Exactly. And so. It's got a temperature. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, is she okay? Is she going to make it? (laughs) Like crying. So afraid. Yeah. So we take her to the vet, this emergency vet. And Bryce had been watching this guy on YouTube gohan yeah
1: gohan the husky shout out to that that youtube channel because that was definitely what kind of sparked my interest it was all raw feeding you know very very much the raw feeding and at
2: first he would show me and i was like that's dangerous we're never doing that kibble is the right thing kibble we need to do balance which
1: i agreed with at the time yeah you know so we take her to this
2: vet do you ask yourself why now why
1: oh absolutely i mean that of course hindsight is 2020 but i look back and i'm like hmm Marketing. Why did I do why did I do any of that?
2: Marketing propaganda. Yes, that's right. Yes. Marketing so. companies created that food, not a food company.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Oh no. So we Bryce is like curious and asks like, "Oh, we're kind of curious about raw feeding." And she's like, "Don't do it. It's dangerous. It's not a good idea. She needs to be on kibble." And that was kind of the last of it for about a
1: I'd say Two, three, years. three years, yeah, because we didn't really get really back into it until 2021.
2: So I mean, we thought we were doing. We were like, we're gonna get her the top of the line Purina Pro Plan. Like,
1: we even started off. This is our big thing. We started off with Rachel Ray Nutrish. So like, we really started from the bottom and got to this point.
2: Was it the pretty yes.
0: pictures on the package? Oh yes, every time? Oh yes, all I'm, the and marketing. I mean, Rachel knows what to do. For yes. God's sakes, uh, yes.
1: What, w- regardless of your feelings about kibble, you have to accept that they are absolutely absolute wizards when it comes to marketing
0: yes yep so because they're marketing companies yep that's what they do Mm -hmm.
1: yep they and and even kibble I mean you know the origin story of kibble it didn't start as a healthier alternative to dogs it started because a random dude saw a gap in the market that he could make money with there was no you know good intention behind it it was all to make a quick buck
0: Mm yep so yeah
1: and then in 2021 you know we don't have to get too into it but we kind of In hindsight, we're trying to open up a natural pet store. It ended up not working. We had to close down the business and everything. But during that time, I got put on to Karen Becker and Ronnie Habib and the forever dog. And that was, you know, I think a lot of pet parents, especially in our world, can resonate with that being something that was like a very beginning step for them. I was
2: literally in the bathtub (laughs) and he was across the street at our shop and he comes in and he goes, everything is about to change. This is where our content needs to go. They need to get on raw food immediately. And I was just like, whatever you need to do, man. I was like, all right, I'm along for the ride.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Uh, it was at that point that I started to really think like, okay, when they tell you about human nutrition, they say, stay out of the aisles, shop the outskirts of the stores, stay in the fresh produce, fresh meat, all of that section. And I'm like, where's kibble in a supermarket? It's in the, I mean, honestly, it's in the aisles, usually with the harsh chemicals and stuff, if we're being totally honest, but (laughs) it's in the aisles of highly processed foods. So I was like, okay, something's weird here. And I feel a pull to this raw feeding. We're just going to try it, you know, and see what happens. And so at that time we were very much sharing content about like lick mats and some of the stuff that we still share about now, but we were still feeding kibble and stuff. And at that moment we switched to a full DIY diet. We got really into it, got oh, burnt it out. Just,
2: yeah, it was just so much at once. Like Harper, our oldest, hates raw food texture. She'll eat it frozen. She'll eat it gently cooked. And just all these trial and errors that just felt like, can't you see what I'm trying to yeah, do for you? Yeah. Which, you know, they obviously they're dogs. They're like, right. just feed me, whatever. Totally.
1: That's one of the hardest things I I went through during that process was – you know, giving them this meal that I put so much time and energy and love into. And then they're like, yeah, I don't really like it. And just I'm like, no, like you do. Children. Yeah, you literally <laughs> do. You have to like this right now. So, yeah, and that I was- do.
0: I treat the human child just like the, the pet child. And I'm like, all right, I guess you're going to be hungry. I mean, yep. I literally, I have one. She's not picky eater. I just don't know what it is, what. She will eat around things, spit a capsule back out kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But if she decides to be bitchy in the morning, because I only feed them in the morning, if I give it to her later in the day, she'll eat it. You know, when she gets hungry or whatever. Maybe she's got a bellyache or something like that. But yeah, just like children. Don't be a short order cook. But (laughs) if you do start them as puppies, then you never have that problem because they're never used to anything else.
1: So if you're a pet parent listening to this and you have a young animal, start feeding them every pet safe food under the sun. I mean, switch it up, variety feed. You will have the easiest eating dog. I don't know, for lack of a better word, later in life, mm-hmm. you know. As I love that point.
0: I was gonna say, and you can do it, start eating those while you're pregnant with them, but oh wait, those are we're talking about dogs. <laughs>
1: That doesn't quite translate over. But there's
0: (laughs) research study though that, so think about it. If the mother eats the broccoli or the spicy or the whatever, then the kid's going to get used to it. So same thing is going to apply to, you know, whether that mother dog was fed an appropriate diet. I'm sure it has some, helps also with that, you know, raw fed going to a raw fed, raw fed, but yeah, yeah, we won't go down that weird black hole yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Next episode.
0: (laughs) So, when you found out, so have you guys discovered this for your own health or did oh, you yeah. discover it for your dog's health first and then yours or was it something that you just went, wait a minute. This is what I always find myself saying over and over again. Real food is real food is real food is real food.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, it honestly took probably like two years for us to fully get into it. You know, we really had to come out of fight or flight from losing our store and I mean, we were chaos. door dashing
1: everything at that oh. point. You know, you don't have any time. I shout out to all the small business owners, yourself included. I mean, the amount of time it takes and and you just focus on convenience. Yes,
2: totally. But yeah, we just started thinking like, and I want to acknowledge that like everyone is doing the best they can and you're not a bad person if you eat McDonald's, but we just got to the point where I was like, we would never feed our dogs McDonald's. Mm -hmm. We would never feed them the dog equivalent of McDonald's. We did. Yeah, we did. (laughs) We did that. We went down that road. But yeah, it's literally been the last like six months that we have gotten so much more serious about our nutrition. And I mean, everything is so closely related. Like,
1: Well, we did this elimination diet back in 2021. And uh, that it was if it was a very hard experience in the fact that like we cut out a ton of stuff. You know, I call it like whole food on or not whole food. Yeah, Whole30 I remember doing it steroids. in my
0: forties. You guys yeah. are amazing. You're so, like gonna skip so much bullshit in your life that from what you're discovering and people, your friends may think you're freaking crazy, but and they you're gonna do. be like, hey guys, I'm still. Which I'm kind yep. of like I I am like see friends that are younger than me like my thirty year olds. And they are achy, obese, yeah. have all kinds of issues. Moody. Moody. Yeah. A medicine cabinet filled with pharmaceuticals. And I'm like, you're 20 yep. How is that? Yeah. What is it going to be like EVing. in my age? So yeah, good for you for finding finding out how to take care of. So elimination diet sucks. Yeah, oh, like yeah. it
1: it was really hard but I've never felt better. I've truly right. never felt better. You don't realize kind of the fog you're in day to day and like there was no after we cut out all like sweeteners including honey and maple syrup, like a lot of stuff even beyond what I think we probably really needed to cut out, nice but shapes. by cutting out all of those processed foods, it, it totally lifted us and amplified our energy levels and stuff. And, you know, I have a theory with humans. I don't think it matters as much what diet you choose, whether it's carnivore, vegan, pescatarian, whatever, but it's the cutting out of the processed foods. That's the big thing. And that's what we try to tell pet parents. We're our big goal. Our big agenda is to increase the amount of fresh food your pet eats and decrease the amount of highly processed food that your pet eats beyond that. Everything else is kind of trivial. You know, nothing is going to have as big of an impact. I don't think as cutting out those highly processed foods.
0: And then I agree. Totally. That is an awesome piece of advice. And would you agree that even on the on the processed, let's make sure and this probably goes hand in hand anyway, if you're going to go with a, a kibble, let's say that has good ingredients, that those ingredients, those animals that were used in those recipes have also been raised Humanely yeah. and fed the correct correct thing because not only does that make a difference in the nutrients that are found in that, but also what happens when you do bake you know farm factory raised animals proteins at super high temperatures? yeah,
2: yes, the first time I ever heard of this was before Michael Pollan came out with all of his mushroom and psychedelic research when he was still just mostly in food and agriculture. I was listening to a podcast and he was like, why do we feed children? Like why are kids menus the way they are? And then he also brought to my attention that, you know, centuries ago, the person that raised the animal, butchered the animal and prepared the animal was all the same person. And it was usually like the, like the highest, like spiritual <coughs> leader of the, the the culture or whatever. And that like, the fact when we're doing these large factory farming, like that stress, the stress hormones in those animals, they don't just go away when we eat them. Like we're consuming that. So that was the <clears> first time that was brought to my attention. And then when we started thinking about like, what is the, the quality of the meat? And then when it's that low quality, and then it's also being that super high heat processed, it is just
1: sad. Yep, it really is. And I think in the pet industry, at least from my perspective, there seems to be too much of a focus on the nutrient level of ingredients in pet food. As opposed to the quality of that ingredient and the sourcing of that ingredient. For example, I know you know about this, but that whole 2008 melamine scandal, they're artificially boosting the protein levels of these ingredients with really toxic chemicals just so they can meet certain standards, probably developed by AFCO or the NRC, I'm guessing if they're selling in the United States. And, and they're not focusing on giving you protein that comes from grass-fed beef. They're trying to give you protein that comes from the cheapest source they have access to. And then right. like Kenzie touched on. And then they on, bake
0: you, everything out. So they gotta exactly. The, they bake they gotta everything They got to put the synthetic out. back in to meet the bullshit standards that were, you know, put into place in the first place. Exactly. You know that, you know, I mean like hemp, I guess mushrooms have been approved to be in food because I know they're in food. Right. I know Dr. Harvey's has, you know, shiitake and a lot of their recipes and things like that. But hemp is not allowed, Mm -hmm. you know, and hemp is in hemp seeds, hemp protein is an amazing source of protein and nutrients. And it's not, we're not even allowed to submit it to what's called a generally recognized as safe grass to be included so if that but what is it sawdust i believe is approved and fly larvae is approved and
1: i mean god you could get into dead animals the preservatives the synthetic antioxidants i mean all of this stuff and you know what kenzie was touching on with like how the animals are treated i think that's such an under under underappreciated aspect of the supply chain because you know you have animals that are being factory farmed they don't have room to graze they don't have anything to graze on they're eating grain which is changing the nutrient makeup you know if you send a piece of grain fed beef liver and grass fed beef liver to a test to have tested they're gonna have vastly different nutrient makeups even if they come from generally the same location and that just goes to show that
0: endotoxins? No I just learned about them from a podcast. Endotoxins are basically, so, gosh, I can't remember how long ago, that saturated fat got blamed for raising blood cholesterol and all that. And it's literally endotoxins, which are all of the toxins from those farm factory animals. And what happens to them when you cook them? So you have a steak and potatoes and you know, a high saturated fat meal, they were blaming it on the saturated fat and it wasn't the saturated fat. It's the endotoxins that when you cook them, this is what happens.
1: Yep. Sounds a lot like the fact that they're blaming lack of grain on DCM. It's just like, you're literally not even focusing on even close to the right thing, you know? But like you were mentioned with the, the whole kibble and like how it's cooked. Well, first of all, these big kibble companies, they're starting with low-quality ingredients. And we talk about it in our guide and in our upcoming book is one of those low-quality quality ingredients can be 4D meat. 4D meat is meat that is dead, diseased, dying, or disabled. Basically, meat that did not die via slaughter. They died from some other cause. And what they often do is they spray these meats with super harsh chemicals so that they're guaranteed to leave the supply chain, but they don't stop there. They're not just being thrown out. They're being thrown into your pet's food cooked at unbelievably high temperatures, usually four separate times, sometimes even more. And, you know, Dr. Karen Becker and Ronnie Habib explain it so well in their book, The Forever Dog. They talk about these AGEs or advanced glycation end products. You're basically creating these things that go into your dog's body and can cause cancer and destroy normal immune function. And they're getting it every single day, usually twice a day from the food that they eat. They have no break from these chemicals.
0: They don't and nothing and they're being overfed. And then if they do go to the veterinarian, the conventional veterinarian that knows nothing about diet and nutrition or the endocannabinoid system for that matter, and they're given some sort of antibiotic, I feel like is what gets uh, first prescription. And then and I went through this for my dog that I fed Perina Plan and lost at age seven after doing everything wrong. And it's terrible. They're, they don't they don't have a chance at all. And now, you know, thanks to Susan Thixton, we have now been told again, which I don't know if you know this. Where did I just learn this? I think Connor, Dr. Connor Brady, that the second highest reason for recall is for Pinobarbital, which is the euthanasia drug.
1: Oh, yeah. And that there
0: are rendering things in the United States called rendering plants that take euthanized animals Meaning euthanized dogs and cats and pets. Yep. What do you think happens when you take a drug that kills an animal and then bake that at high temperatures? Which we already know because we had that huge recall from Hill Science Diet, which you know, there's a class action suit. I don't know what happened to it, but I'm hoping there's people that something happens because what people don't understand is that the reason they, they get away with this is that if you lost a dog- to one of this, you know, and it's not listed in the ingredients. You're not told that they're using euthanized animals. And I decide to sue you, and I win. They go, "How much were your vet bills?" Because our pets are considered property. Yep. And that is why they mm-hmm. imagine an evil corporation discovering that loophole and going. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why every giant pharmaceutical company has an animal arm that's making billions of dollars
1: if you're like us your pets are part of the family that's why at cbd dog health we created a line of human-grade full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friends needs whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks arthritis from old age or even seizures and cancer research shows that a high quality cbd oil can make a big difference for them enter coupon code radio at cbddoghealth.com for 15 percent off your first order that's R-A-D-I-O, CBD dog health, healing naturally. And that's the thing is like people think that, you know, we're just making stuff up in the pet industry. It's like this exists in every industry in the world. Yep. It's, yep. it's large players that have created some sort of monopoly on this that are owned by, I mean, gosh, we you want to get into like BlackRock and Vanguard, they're owned by the same, I'd say 10 to 15 people, yep. but they are, you know- and there was like, you're talking about the, the euthanasia drug. We were just talking about this article from, I think, I don't know if it was 2021. It was a decent while ago, but it was talking about the dog DNA being found in pet foods. And like you said, yeah. you have euthanized dogs, their DNA and their euthanasia mm-hmm. drugs are ending up in pet foods. And then later on in that same study, I think it was like AP news article or something. They were talking about how six of like name brand foods and they wouldn't release the names yet. I'm not exactly sure why, but they not only had multiple. They didn't want to in- lose their
0: advertising. <laughs> I mean,
1: probably. I mean seriously, <laughs> but they they had uh, ingredients multiple ingredients some of them had like a dozen ingredients in the food that weren't actually in there and every single one of them also had ingredients that they had listed on the food that did not show up in the testing at all so there's there's absolutely no regulation and you know when we talk about 4D meat the FDA FDA on their website says yeah 4D meat like that's not allowed and then if you keep scrolling it says we don't really have the resources to enforce any of this. And it's like, okay, no, they don't. you have a paragraph and, and on your website.
0: <laughs> and what's scary, I mean, I, they are called food, so you think they would be number one food and drug. They don't have any time to do animal drugs either. Yeah. What's the point? And, right. and, and so they have something called drugs that have not been approved but are legal to market. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what I think is worse about that is that food will kill you slowly. A drug will kill your dog immediately or, you know, very quickly destroy their kidney, liver or whatever it is. So there are like now this is old information now, but there's like 2000 drugs on the market and they're constantly releasing new animal drugs, a new painkiller. Like we need another another one of that, a new antibiotic like we need another one
1: of those. Yeah, no. And they're not
0: even the FDA doesn't have time to approve them. So they just like mark them in this category. And I'm sure it's a, who makes you? Zotis? Pfizer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Got it. Go for it. And guess what? It's probably a drug they're remaking. I remember looking at which ones in 2000, let's see, (coughs) 2022 were on that list for just 2022. And it was, uh, was it Perfecto that had the recall that was killing dogs with the flea collar? Flea one of ticks? those,
1: maybe Symperica. Yeah, one of those big brands. They
0: were releasing new a new one. Yeah. <laughs> so that, it's they, like, pulled, I, they pulled that one off and now they're releasing a new one, which how it works is that even if you can prove this chemical killed this many dogs, if you can prove that it killed a person and several people, and then you can prove that, they go and tell the company and the company just has to stop using that <laughs> chemical. All they do is go and change it a little bit and release a new product.
1: Yeah. They don't care about
0: us and they don't care about our pets.
1: No, No. they do not. They're, I mean, that's what we always say. doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. These politicians, these big tech companies, they're all working for themselves. It doesn't matter their political party. It doesn't matter any of their affiliations. They're working to line their pockets. And, you know, one thing we've learned recently that I think you probably are fully aware of, but a lot of our audience might not be, is the fact that the reason there's so many synthetic drugs on the market is because you can't trademark and make money from something natural.
2: We nope. have not been able to stop thinking about no. that since you <laughs> said that I on mean, our last Was podcast.
1: it you that told us yes, that? It was, oh yes. my gosh, Angela. Okay, you so you better, absolutely you know this. You better
2: remember.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, but but like, totally makes sense because you're like, why? We already have it. The Chinese have been using it for 2,000 years. We have yep. proof. It's like literally on what do they call it? It's a hieroglyphic, like shit cleaning oh, yeah. cave walls. They've got it <laughs> yes. written down. I mean, like hemp seeds would like sustain a whole family in their farm through the winter. Mm-hmm. So it's all it exists there. And I'm like, I always want to know why. Yep. What's the why behind it? And it, I always find it leads to greed, money. It absolutely
1: does. They,
0: why they can't share. I told you what the number one, our number one threat to the hemp industry now is, the marijuana industry. They've become greedy. <laughs> Too many people are finding relief in hemp. Yep. And they don't like it. Yep. It's like unbelievable. I just don't understand it. So you have to put it, it take your health and your whole family's health, your your pet's health into your own hands. And- I want to know if you're speaking to your former selves, your brand new pet parents. I know the number one thing I heard at my store is it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. You guys have three dogs.
1: Yep, do.
0: So how, what would you tell that young pet parent? Because you haven't even gone through where you can see, I'm not having to go to the vet all the time now. Yeah, I don't have a dog that's, you know, itching, scratching for no reason. I don't have whatever. So you don't even get to like go where I get to go. My first dog I lost at seven. I did everything a conventional vet did. Miniature schnauzer. My second miniature schnauzer, I just lost him. My sole dog, 16 and a half years old. I now can say, yeah, that's the difference. My Doberman, supposed to live four to six months, made it 26 months with the most deadly, painful cancer. I didn't have to do anything conventional beat records thrived the whole time. You can't tell me that THC kills a dog. She lived because of that. So, <laughs> tell me what you want. So, what how what would your advice be to these young pet parents that go, "Yes, prepare. Mm-hmm. This is what you should expect." Of course it's going to be expensive. It's expensive to feed ourselves, right?
1: Yep. It what absolutely is. Them? And I think I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, owning a pet or being a pet parent in America, they, they make it seem like it's cheaper and easier than I think it actually is. You know, there's a lot more work that goes into it, but for the pet parents out there who, you know, their dog has eaten a highly processed food their entire life, I would say, start with your own scraps, hydrate your dog's kibble with water, at least always give them extra hydration. The dry food is, you know, the way I always describe it is Dogs have evolved drinking water and also eating food that's 70 to 80% water. So when you take out 60, 70% of that, they don't, they're not used to getting that much water from just drinking it. So... Please hydrate your dog's kibble. And then again, use your scraps. You're cutting up fruits, veggies all the time, meat trimmings, whatever it is. Look up if it's dog safe. If you want, we have a dog safe fruits and vegetables download on our website, which you can see. You need to
0: add fungi to that. And I'm happy to to help you with that.
1: I need to ask you later though, because isn't fungi not a vegetable technically?
0: It's not. That's why you have to have a whole separate little column for it.
1: You're totally right. You're totally right. I'm <laughs> definitely going to add that. But I'm yeah, that down. <laughs> I think, I honestly think that if you can just start adding your scraps, the reason we say that adding, and I don't know if we, we haven't said this on this podcast yet, but adding fresh foods to your dog's diet, even 10% of their diet can potentially add years onto their life. I mean, Angela, you're a living, breathing example of this. You had a dog where you said, you know, you felt like you did everything wrong and then you started to make some changes and it was more than double the life. So I think that even if you can only add a few of your trimmings, the butt ends of your celery, the leafy parts of your carrots, the tops of strawberries, anything like that. What
0: you're eating.
1: What you are eating. Exactly. And so I think that the, well, the reason we say that fresh food can add years to your dog's life is because only processed food can take away years from your dog's life. You know, food is absolutely medicine, but it's not like this brand new miracle drug that we found. It's like, this is just the natural state of, of our being. And that gives them the chance to live the longest, healthiest life possible. So start with the scraps, hydrate the kibble, and then go from there.
0: Awesome. What else? What else? What are some of the other things that you've learned that have been so surprising that you thought one? Because I, I can hardly remember anymore. So this is I know. fun. <laughs> yes. Well, what I think is fun is that it's not somebody that's stuck in their old ways. Yes. You know. Yes. And then I and then I want to remember that now the term canine nutritionist is used all the time, and there's different schools. There's different ways. If I Type in Google canine nutritionist program. My whole page is filled with all kinds of programs because I get shocked sometimes when I'm speaking to a canine nutritionist and they say something to me and I'm like, I know that's not right. And yeah. I write it down yeah. and then my the ones I trust, I call up and they're like, absolutely not. Where did you hear that? And I'm like,
2: so I want to talk about that too, but go ahead with what you were going to say, Kenzie. I think the thing that was also pretty shocking to me was that, and this can be an entire other episode too, (laughs) flea and tick preventative does not actually prevent your dogs and cats from being bit. It just pumps chemicals into them. And then when they are bit, it kills the flea or tick.
1: And it's supposedly supposed to prevent Lyme disease, but so many dogs still get Lyme disease on traditional medications when they get bit by ticks. So So, yeah, that one's a
2: doozy. Yeah. That's a
1: tough one to accept.
2: It is.
0: And it's, it's really hard because not only are people putting it in them, but everything's being sprayed in it. I don't know if you've ever seen the piece of research that Rodney shared about the, I think it was a lake or a community somewhere in Europe where all the fish were dying, all the vegetation was dying. So they tested the water and found out it was flea and tick meds that were being put on dogs. No way. So the country, I can't remember what it is, outlawed it.
1: Yeah. And I think they're not the only ones that have outlawed a lot of the traditional ones here in the US. You know, we were talking to Dr. Morgan. I think she was our very first podcast guest of season two, kind of this new podcast we've been doing. But she was like, you know, there's there's thousands of pet deaths. And we take this stuff to Congress. And they basically say, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. And you know better than anyone. I'm sure like 1% of actual cases get reported. So if there's thousands of pet deaths, there might be millions of pet right. deaths from these medications.
0: There are. Yeah. Or the, the long-term effects that we don't even know because we exactly. can't see it. It's happening on the inside. Yep. If Dogs dying go, from
1: cancer that might be caused by these medications that won't be listed on their death is. certificate. You exactly.
0: Know? It's The number one cause of cancer is toxins and chemicals. And it's in their food. We're putting it in them. Every single month, some people are over vaccinating, more chemicals are being put in them. So they're bombarded. They don't have a chance. And then they're being overfed a high processed food. So their liver and kidneys are dealing with that and not doing what they're supposed to, which is detoxify and heal. Yeah. Well, and
2: let's not forget too, when it comes to the flea and tick preventatives and these chemicals we're pumping into our dogs, (laughs) You, if you have a dog, I'm pretty sure you're going to pet that dog and then you're going to touch your face or you're going that's to pick food. up your organic orange that we learned this from Dr. Morgan. She brought it to our attention. She goes, that orange is no longer organic.
1: It's pesticide laden. There's pesticides everywhere. Your dogs come in and they sleep in your bed. You're sleeping in pesticides. I mean, that's what I used these- to do
0: to scare parents and that's yeah. how I'd get them to change. I go, they're hugging, sleeping, whatever. Do you think that's not coming out into their skin? Exactly. And they're more worried about their kid touching raw food. <laughs> like You touch raw food all the time. You I cook mean. with raw food. Why is the raw food and the dog food dangerous, but not the raw food that you buy at the grocery store? Don't, exactly. And I think we're going to see
1: a big shift here soon. You have, you know, I mean, to this day, Hills, Mars, all of these companies list on their website raw food as toxic to dogs. They list it in the same category well, as not chocolate. Mars anymore because they as bought reason. their first- they bought oh, their first
0: company, so I'm sure they've you taken that off. And
1: that's exactly what I'm saying. They're saying these things right now. In 20 years, they're going to have their own lines of raw food. Absolutely. They, th- there's no regulation here. There's no one holding anyone accountable. They get to say and do whatever they want and then go back on that statement. You know, there's unbelievable levels of hypocrisy. But I think, you know, one thing that I think could be valuable to your community is if we go over some good and bad ingredients to look for in kibble okay if I run through a few that I wrote out here?
0: Absolutely. So
1: the good ones to get started, you're looking for high quality meat, grass fed beef. You're not looking for meat meals. You're not looking for bone meals. You're looking for high quality meat sources, and you're looking for a lot of those in the top section of the dog food. You know, we are firm believers that dogs are scavenging carnivores. This doesn't mean that they can't eat plant matter. They can absolutely (coughs) benefit from small amounts of plant matter, but they should be getting the bulk of their diet and the bulk of their energy from protein sources. And not these low quality carbohydrate, you know, high glycemic stuff. So high quality meat and then low glycemic fruits and vegetables. So you're looking for apples, peaches, cranberries, broccoli, carrots, leafy greens. You're not looking for a lot of barley and other grains and, you know, these lower quality things. And then to get into the bad ingredients, number one is the artificial colors. You know, I actually saw a video yesterday that Burger King of all places has banned this entire list of ingredients that they no longer use. And on there, you have all of the artificial colors. You know, they came out with a red burger, a red bun for Spider-Man, and they use beet juice to color it. It's like, you know, Ah, you have these fast food companies that are starting Mm -hmm. to take note, but- artificial colors, red 40, yellow five, blue two, yellow six. I mean, any of those that sound like that, those could be potentially cancer causing. They can disrupt the immune system. They can disrupt the endocrine system. Yeah. They can disrupt all of that. And then the next one I would say is one of the bigger ones, and that's going to be your synthetic preservatives. And again, Burger King banned these too, which is so funny. I don't know why I keep bringing it up, but it's just blows my mind that a company like this would ban these ingredients, but BHA, BHT, ethoxyquin. Those are three pretty deadly synthetic preservatives that are in so many popular pet foods. You know, milk bone is the one that always comes to mind that uses a lot of these ingredients. And ingesting those can lead to cancer, liver damage, allergic reactions. So, I mean, I think so many pet parents, even us that feed a very well-rounded diet, we go through so many things with allergies and stuff. So if you're a pet parent, look and see if the products you feed have those ingredients, the artificial colors, the synthetic preservatives. But those are two that I would really, really watch out for.
0: That's incredible advice. I love it. And I also always say, if you can't pronounce it or you don't know what the hell it is, move on. <laughs> you know how many times move it took me to, to practice
1: else. a before I got it down? I, don't know, I, know. I still don't even know if it's right. <laughs> and BHA is like butylated this, hydroxy. This for all. This uh, for all.
0: But yeah, yeah, I know. I remember um, before I got into this, I had a family magazine mm-hmm. and I literally, all I did was report on natural holistic living. And it's so funny to find all of the same stuff, you know, much worse in the pet industry. But like, I remember I was doing a TV segment about baby food and what was found in baby food. And it was right when BPA, everybody was discovering how bad it was. And it was leech. It was not only in the baby food, but leaching the baby food. And I'm like, okay, let me go to the grocery store and see. And I knew how to find which ones had BPA in it. Every single one of them. I was standing in the baby food aisle don't care about babies no no
1: they don't care about anything so
0: uh, I will thank you thank you for being such a great example and being a living example and showing what you guys are doing and learning at the same time I just my advice is to always keep that open mind yep because that's you exactly constantly it. discover what the real truth is and I always say keep it real and get back to to nature because that's the way it was supposed to that's be it. in the first place Tell everyone where they can find you because... Uh, The first time I saw you was on TikTok. That's my favorite platform to watch you on. That's about the only one that I really enjoy anyway anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you there.
0: I know you're like on all of them, but tell everybody where they can find you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the number one place we're on pretty much every social media platform at the BK Pets. And I'm Bryce. This is Kenzie BK. It's kind of how all that started. Um, But yeah, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Clapper. Now we're trying some new ones out. What the hell's Clapper? I know. Kenzie hates the name I, okay, <laughs> and I'm like, rightfully so uh,
2: every time I hear it I'm like yeah no this.
1: And, yeah. clapper is basically the backup tiktok in case tiktok gets banned that's the way oh, I'm looking okay, at good. it so good to know but yeah you can find us on all the social media platforms and then our website the bk pets you know where we have our homemade diet guide for dogs on there we're dropping another one later this month for cats so we'll have both of those
2: we have lots of products that we would recommend Yeah,
1: all the products we recommend for both dogs and cats. I mean, you can you can get absolutely anything you need from our website. And then we were about to talk about the canine nutrition certification, didn't quite get to that, but we have a pinned post on all of our platforms that talks about our credentials, where all of those are from. I think if you're looking for somebody that is a canine nutritionist, find somebody that's super transparent and says, I'm not a vet, but I'm a lifelong learner and I'm trying to bring this information to you. So you can find all of that information and yeah, we're, we're BK everywhere at the BK Petcast on wherever you get podcasts, not Petcast, but yeah, that's us.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate everything you shared with us.
1: Angela, thank you so much. It's an absolute honor.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtelino.com.
1: Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDpodcast at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.